from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. There's never been a bigger test of markets' ability to look ahead. Stimulus helped, but really amazing that markets were able to look forward and price in recovery so soon after that initial wave of COVID uh, back in March. Just remarkably resilient. And, and it, I mean, not just looking a year ahead, I'd say two to three years ahead. And that's why um, you know we ended last year at an all-time high, and we'll probably add to those gains in 2021. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first LPL Market Signals podcast of 2021. Ryan Dietrich here, Jeff Bookbinder on the line up in Boston, as always. Uh, Jeff, 2021, at least from a sports point of view, feels like it's starting a little bit better. Your Northwestern Wildcats had a huge win. Congratulations. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, certainly uh, your Buckeyes have the, uh, the bigger test. I don't think people expected too much out of Auburn. Uh, how do you see that uh, Ohio State-Alabama matchup? Well, I hope they win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too big-headed, but I mean, Auburn, I'm sorry, Auburn, wrong one. Alabama is Alabama. Uh, they're tough, but I'll tell you, Ohio State finally had all their players. They had all the pieces. It's been you know a season of different guys out, different coaches out, have a game, don't have a game. Uh, fits and starts, but when they have all their pieces out there, you saw what happened, and Clemson saw what happened. So that was a uh, that was pretty a little bit of yelling. I'm, I still might be a tad hoarse in my throat. When you score seven touchdowns, hey, that's a lot of yelling. So it was a uh, it was pretty pr- pretty fun. So yeah, hopefully everybody else enjoyed uh, the start of this year, watching some football games and going for going um going from there. But Jeff, let's just dive in. I mean, we've got a ton to discuss as always. A lot of different ways. You know, this week in the LPL Market Signals podcast, we're going to take a look at uh, the Georgia runoffs that are coming up. We're going to take a kind of a trip down memory lane. What did we learn last year and some of the major, major takeaways? And then kind of an up economic kind of roundup where we are and where we kind of see the economy going. Uh, so, Jeff, again, first things first here, let's just talk a little bit about last year. Um, I'll set the stage and then go to you, you know, on our YouTube channel, we are sharing a chart that we've, we've talked about and shared before at the lows this year, the S and P 500 was down 34% off the high. Okay. 33.9% when I get precise. Um, that was March 23rd. I don't think too many of us expected uh, what was going to happen. And that was stocks came roaring back. S&P finished the year up 16%. That is the first time in history stocks are down 30% for the year at one point, managed to finish green. One of the largest reversals we've ever seen, um, the largest reversal we've seen from a low to a high uh, since at least 2009, uh, for starters. But again, Jeff, I mean, what, 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 what do you think? What, what really sparked it? I mean, what really caused that huge reversal that we've seen the past nine months? Well, I, I think you got to start with the stimulus response, right? Because, you know, we didn't have vaccine progress in March. We didn't have the economy reopening in March. Um, but we did have the, you know, most of the stimulus response that we got. Of course, we got a little bit more uh, just a couple weeks ago. But um, uh, that was really it. I mean, 16% of GDP in fiscal stimulus um, in, uh, in, in 2020, and the majority of that came uh, by the end of March. So truly remarkable. That's just fiscal. That's government. Uh, we also had the Fed come in with a massive response. Uh, that combined really gave markets uh, confidence that they could hang in there and um, you know, bridge to the other side of this. And then as the year you know, moved forward, um, certainly the vaccine 
uh, progress, remarkable, and the um, actual evidence that the economy could reopen uh, was uh, was celebrated by investors, and we ended up with a really, really strong year. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of those statements. I mean, I guess I'll take a little bit of a different look at it. Just the pure, unbelievable fear we saw in March, and it was it was like nothing we've ever seen before, literally. The Dow had its most, most volatile month in history on an absolute value basis. The average day, uh, the month of March, moved 5%, either up or down. Um, the second worst day in history took place in March of earlier this year. Um, only the 87 crash was worse. I mean, it was truly unbelievable. And, and sentiment was so low and so dour. It wasn't like the economy came rip-roaring back. It wasn't like at all we've had major, we've had some breakthroughs with coronavirus, but just the deaths and the shutdowns and everything that's happened has been devastating. Yet it wasn't as bad as what people were expecting back in March. And that's a key takeaway. And we're going to talk about takeaways this year, but you know, just the fact that markets are forward looking. And if you don't have the terrible, terrible news that is priced in, you can get a really significant balance. And that's really exactly what we think we saw here. Jeff, one other thing I want to talk, touch on for a second here. Um, you know, if you follow market signals, you know what we do around here, right? We try to use quantified data to suggest a potential path for where things could be going using market signals. Last year, the S&P gained over 30%. Oh, well, shouldn't say last year. Two years ago. <laughs> Feels like last year, but two years ago, 2019, the S&P gained over 30% for the year. I mean, it's like, what, really? Like, you know, feels like a lifetime ago, but a really, really good year. And we took a look and we talked about this on this Market Signals podcast this time about a year ago, saying after enormous rallies, I'm calling a 30% rally, pretty enormous for a year, the next year tends to be positive. And we're sharing on a YouTube channel the numbers here. Um, 12 times it's happened. The previous, I'm sorry, the next year is up 15% on average. That's a total return basis. On a total return basis this year, or last year, 2020 finished up 17.7%. So this is just one number. Totally get it. But it's kind of interesting where if you just put the blinders on and only followed when you have a big move, it tends to resolve hires, a theme that we've shared a lot on this Market Signals podcast the last nine months. Some of the major moves and major thrusts and, and breadth we've seen tend to resolve higher. That's exactly, exactly what's um, what's happened. Uh, Jeff, I mean, you know, let's see here. So we had a recession this year, though. We, we know that in 2020. Uh, stocks did really well. Normally, when you have a recession, stocks don't do as well. You want to build on kind of why you think that happened this time versus other years we have a recession and stocks don't do so well? Well, it's probably going to be the shortest recession we've ever seen, right? We don't yep. know that it's officially over, but it likely ended in a, call it late summer. So mm -hmm. Markets look forward. Um, essentially, investors were able to price in the end of the pandemic um, before the recession even ended, um, right? You, you know this, the pattern is stocks tend to bottom about five months uh, before a recession. I mean, if, if there was ever uh, a year where markets looked forward, it was 2020, really uh, remarkable. And in fact, even exceeded our expectations uh, for how effectively the market was able to look to the end of the pandemic and, and price in, you know, progress on the vaccines and, and the reopening of the economy. Yeah, you know, I was looking back at some old notes in March, some of our, um, I guess you say peers and competitors, actually, they didn't even give guidance, right? They said it wasn't even worth to give any type of a guidance at all. Um, and that those are some some rare instances where that happens. It happens. Um, 
you know, at LPL Research, though, if you followed us, we mentioned in, in I think it's March 26th or March 27th, somewhere at the end of March, we actually upgraded our view on equities and kind of reiterated some of our S&P 500 targets. And, and, and again, <laughs> we had no idea we'd fly, fly as high as we did, but we did. Um, and it's been, it's been an interesting year, but, um, you know, one that I think we all took a lot away from and learned a lot from. I mean, Jeff, one other thing I want to touch on before we kind of move forward um, regarding what happened in 2020 was just how strong the end of the year rally was. All right. Stocks gained over 14% by stocks, I should specify, S&P 500 gained over 14% the last two months of last year, 2020. That's the best end of year rally in the history of the S&P 500 to gain over 14% in two months like they did. Um, and for the year, again, up you know on a price basis, up over about 16% or so. So you could argue the majority of the gains last year, if you think about it, took place the final two months of the year. And that's the election. And we're going to talk about the Georgia runoffs and some of the election stuff here in a second. But what happens next I found five other times that stocks gained at least 10% those last two months. And sure enough, like a lot of these market signals we've been sharing for nine months suggest these big moves tend to resolve higher. January actually higher every single time, up 3% on average. And the following year was in double digits every single time, five for five, up over 18% on average. So again, we're not predicting an 18% rally this year, but um, you know, uh, maybe double digits, maybe that could happen potentially here. And um, that would kind of play in with what we saw. I mean, Jeff, what do you think really truly sparked the end of year rally? I mean, I guess, is it as simple as the election? What do you think really made that happen? Oh, it, a number of things. Certainly um, the election was part of it. Markets were pricing in divided government. We don't know yet if we're going to get that, but mm -hmm. uh, markets were certainly pricing that in. We also got the stimulus package, $900 billion. Yep. Uh, that was uncertain after November 3rd, whether we were going to get that before the end of the year. Uh, so certainly um, markets like that. Uh, and then, of course, we got the rollout of the vaccine program. You know, people actually uh, getting the shot in December. Um, so, um, and, and frankly, the, um, the efficacy of the vaccines has just blown away anybody's expectations. Right. Um, so right. those are probably the major factors, but it's also, as you know better than anybody, Ryan, a very positive seasonal period, uh, really in any year. Uh, you know, the Santa Claus rally, uh, that pattern certainly worked. No, it did. I mean, stocks gained, you know, uh, actually, I forget the number off the top of my head. What, what, what the S&P gained in November, I know it gained over 10 percent, put it that way, in November. Uh, this was the only year since 1982 that two separate months saw uh, over 10% gain um, during those months in November. And then in April, we saw 10% gains. And you follow through in December with a 3% rally, um, which 3% sounds pretty big. And then when you consider the fact we gained double digits the month before, that's even, even all the more amazing. And this is the Santa Claus rally. Today, we're recording this on Monday. The Santa Claus rally historically is the last five days of the year than the first two days of the next year. So maybe by the time a lot of you hear this podcast, Santa Claus rally will be over, at least as of now, the time we're doing this. It looks like stocks are going to be higher during this normally seasonally bullish five-day period. And that's good. That's normal. That's usually what you want to see. It's when Santa Claus doesn't come to town. I think the last five times, going back to 99, when those five, those seven days were negative, the whole month of, of January was negative, And we had some pretty, pretty, we had some bear markets and some negative returns for the full year. So, so we'll keep watching that one. But as of now, things seem a little, uh, a little normal, I guess we could say, uh, from that point of view. 
Um, let's see here. So, Jeff, what else? Let's see here. Let's take a look at something I think is interesting. Not everything is extended as it feels, okay? Emerging markets have literally gone nowhere for 13 years. Um, financials have gone nowhere for 13 years. There are some other groups that have really struggled. Now, believe me, a lot of things have gone up a lot. Look at U.S., large cap tech specifically, obviously, has had an incredible run. But, you know, talk to me about emerging markets. It's one group that we've talked about a lot, why we like. And I, one of the reasons I say I like it is it's gone nowhere for 13 years. I mean, that can be a bullish thing, right? It's going to be bearish. It can be off. Oh, you've been enemas. It's been agony. But at the same time, if they start going, that can be an area that can go. So let's talk about emerging markets in 2021 and why LPL Research likes it. Well, I think you have to start with the economic growth outlook, particularly in China, which you know, makes up the biggest chunk of the emerging markets index. Um, you know, China is going to be the only major economy that grows this year. Uh, certainly the outlook for economic growth, uh, that's 2020. For economic growth in 2021, very positive. Uh, as we all know, um, they have moved past uh, the pandemic sooner than any other major country in the world. And that certainly uh, should bode well uh, for economic growth going forward. Um, however, uh, certainly this is very controversial and there's a lot of geopolitical risk um, associated mm -hmm. with uh, China in particular. We all know about the, the trade war, which is certainly not over, uh, many fronts to it. Now some Chinese ADRs are being delisted because of their connections to the Chinese military, right? There are concerns about other actions like that. So. You know, if it wasn't for that stuff, we'd probably be much higher on the emerging market index than we are already. We probably would have solidly broken through uh, these uh, resistance levels that, you know, those of you watching on YouTube are seeing. Uh, and that's probably why emerging markets are as cheap as they are. Significant mm -hmm. discounts to developed world uh, equity. So we still see opportunity there, but it's probably not going to be a smooth ride uh, given the uh, geopolitical risks. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Because you know, everyone's, what's your prediction for 2021? I think one of the best predictions we can give is stocks are going to go up and stocks are going to go down and it's going to be a wild ride. That's, I think, the safest way to go. But Jeff, another wild ride is Georgia. So let's talk about Georgia. The runoffs are, are coming up this week. I believe it's on the 6th, which is Wednesday, two different runoffs. Um, clearly, it plays a big part in things. Uh, the GO, GOP did better than most people expected. And I think that was a partially a reason why markets rallied some of the more extreme potential things that Joe Biden and Democrats wanted likely won't happen, right? Tax reform, um, deregulation or more regulation, major tax reform uh, with higher taxes probably doesn't happen. There's still though, there's still a chance that the Democrats can maintain the Senate by winning the two final, the two runoffs. And then they have the tiebreaker with the uh, vice president. You want to tell me a little bit about the Georgia runoffs here, Jeff, what you're expecting uh, with full disclaimer that you, <laughs> neither you nor I are pure, um, you know, strategists when it comes to politics, but we'll do our best to talk about it. Yeah, I, I think we're getting two different signals here. Uh, hey, it's market signals, so let's talk about yep. signals. Um, the, the markets, based on stocks more levered to Republicans versus Democrats, uh, those the stocks are, are signaling a Republican win for at least one seat, um, mm -hmm. you know, which would keep the Senate in, in Republican hands, right? But the polls and the uh, betting markets that we follow are suggesting a coin flip. So quite, quite a different picture. So um, you, know, you can take from that what, what you want. Um, let's just say um, it, it's, it's close. I think for investors, the most important thing to keep in mind is that 
even if uh, Democrats take those two seats and then um, Vice President Harris would, would break the tie, uh, even if they take those two seats, they're not likely to get all of the tax increases and spending programs done because they got to get the moderate Democrats on board. It would be a very weak majority, uh, a softer mandate, uh, if you will. So, you know, we'll probably get higher taxes, um, but you, when you combine uh, the increased spending with that, potentially, uh, for markets, it might not be all that negative. So we would expect, uh, you know, a little bit of volatility if, if the Democrats do take the Senate, but frankly, it would be balanced out uh, the tax increase threat would be balanced out by the spending opportunity. Uh, just some, some more, something to think about, I guess we'll say. There have been seven statewide runoffs um, since 1992, and the Democrats are 0 for 7 since then. In 92 and 2008, obviously presidential years where Democratic president won. In both cases, Democrats did worse than expected, and um, Republicans had much larger gains. Now, this is a year unlike anything else, or I guess, well, 2020 was. So so we'll see. But just some some other final things to think about there. Uh, Jeff, let's move forward and talk about the economy a little bit. Then we're going to finish up with this week's weekly market commentary and kind of some takeaways from this year and what we learned. Um, the economy is showing some cracks. I've got some numbers here in front of me here. The LEI recently came out, Leading Economic Indicators, one of our favorite forward-looking economic indicators, came in at a, um, the lowest number in seven months. Consumer confidence surprisingly dropped recently, much more than expected. Um, I guess I don't think it's that surprising with what's going on, but it surprised the economists. New home uh, sales were much weaker than expected. Existing home sales are weaker than expected. Uh, personal income was down, worse than expected. The economy's not falling off a cliff, but we're seeing some cracks here. Um, what do you think? Is, is this going to continue in the first quarter? Is this just a lull? Have we hit a major peak in the economy? What's your takeaway here? It's a little bit of a soft patch. I mean, we know um, the COVID numbers continue to rise. We're, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, and so um, the restrictions that were put in place over the last couple of months that are still with us uh, are likely to prevent the economy from improving much in the very short term. Um, but for markets, um, you know, just like they were doing really since March, <laughs> we're gonna probably see stocks look ahead and um, we'll see progress. More and more folks get vaccinated, moving closer to you know, the uh, elusive herd immunity, uh, which could come you know, in the fall, uh, we'll have to see. So uh, we're making progress um, with every vaccination, that's likely you know, a fraction of a, a reduction in the number of folks that are gonna get infected. Uh, and once we get through the winter, weather gets better, uh, certainly that should help us folks can get outside. So we're still optimistic. We're going to see a revival in the spring and summer. It's just going to take a little bit of time uh, to get there. Uh, absolutely. So Jeff, let's go to the final uh, thing we're going to talk about. And it's kind of uh, some lessons from 2020. We listed 10, uh, 10 economic lessons in our weekly market commentary. Uh, we'll dive into that in a second. But one of the lessons, at least that I remember, I've really learned this year, like we talked about, Sentiment matters. Markets are forward-looking. So here are some things to think about. According to a Bloomberg article I just read before we did this, U.S. companies sold a record $368 billion worth of stock in 2020. 
54% above the previous record. We had a record number of IPOs last year. Uh, SPACs, which is a phrase none of us talked about this time a year ago, uh, raised over $80 billion, which is, 10, which is more than the previous 10 years combined. Um, you know, various put-to-call ratios, gamma spreads, certain geeky things we look at are all showing uh, extreme, extreme optimism. So that doesn't mean you have to have a market crash. It doesn't mean the market has to go straight down. But uh, I'm getting some spidey senses that, you know, people are extremely happy here, rightfully so, after the huge reversal we've seen. But maybe um, one of my takeaways from last year is market sentiment matters, and it is feeling a little bit frothy to me. Jeff, what are some of the major takeaways that you have? And you can swipe literally from our weekly market commentary on, a t on uh, things we learned back in 2020. Yeah, you know, as investors, it's it's a really, um, you know, fun year to recap just because mm -hmm. of, you know, everybody likes an underdog story, right? The markets were quite the underdog in the spring and, and came storming back. So um, a lot of the lessons are just related to that, just how bad things looked in March. And again, focusing strictly on the markets and the economy, just how much better they looked at the end of the year. So a lot of our takeaways in the weekly market commentary uh, that you can find on LPL.com uh, are related to that. So, you know, I'll just highlight a few of these. Um, you know, world is full of surprises, right? And boy, did this pandemic true. Uh, surprise us, no doubt. Um, records are meant to be broken, right? We, you know, one obvious record is the biggest drawdown to ever end in a positive year for the S&P 500. Right. We also had the sharpest recession since the Great Depression, uh, certainly a, a record amount of economic contraction. We had the fastest bear market ever, a number of records. Um, we learned that the path of markets is not a straight line. Right. We're going to get volatility this year. Maybe not more than we saw last spring, but we're going to get more volatility. That's just the nature of the beast. Right. So, uh, boy, did we get a reminder of that lesson in, in 2020 with the. Um, the sharp decline and then the, and the rapid comeback. Um, I think my favorite one, and then I'll let you take over, Ryan. Markets are forward-looking. I already alluded yep. to it. There's never been a bigger test of markets' ability to look ahead. And it, it was really amazing. Stimulus helped, but really amazing that markets were able to look forward and price in recovery so soon after that initial wave of COVID uh, back in March. Really... Um, just remarkably resilient. And, and it, I mean, not just looking a year ahead, I'd say two to three years ahead. Markets continue to do that. And that's why um, you know, we ended last year at an all-time high and we'll probably add to those gains in 2021. Yeah, you know, one other thing about when we asked you the question, why did we rally so much in the fourth quarter? And you listed obviously many reasons. One other one was earnings. I mean, earnings came in historically better than expected, two quarters in a row now. So if we continue to kind of have that low bar and earnings can come in better than expected, uh, like they have on record basis in the, third, uh, the previous two earnings seasons, that's sparking uh, some gains as well. To wrap things up here, uh, stocks like election clarity, my oh my, is that not the truth? You know, we talked about it on this podcast many times. The October before an election is usually weak. We had about a 10% correction this year. And once you get to November and December, once the uncertainty of the election is over, stocks tend to rally. 
And we just had, a, like I said, the largest two-month rally ever to end a year. So in a lot of ways, 2020 did not follow the playbooks at all. We're fully aware. But in that particular case, um, it did. And also, you know, we mentioned it before, when you have a strong third quarter, S&P gained, I think, it was 7.5% in the third quarter, which is really strong for what's normally a weak quarter. The fourth quarter is extremely strong. And sure enough, over double-digit gains in the second quarter uh, this year in 2020. So there were some things that played out. Then the others, uh, the wonders of modern medicine. You know, we have multiple approved vaccines in less than one year. Never did anything like that. Honestly, when all this started back in March, not too many people thought these vaccines would come out this soon. And they have, and in our wildest dreams from what I was reading, you know, 60, 65% effective would have been awesome, would have been well taken. We've got multiple vaccines that are up over 90, 95% effective. So just truly amazing. And thank you to all the doctors that made it happen. And everyone this year who continues to, you know, um, Put themselves, put others before them is what I should say, and, and out on the front lines, and hopefully they can get vaccinated here and then continue to help those people that need the help that are sick. And then lastly, the power of human perseverance has obviously um, been on display as well. Now, as an Ohio State fan, I do have to take a second here to talk about um, things I learned. Uh, don't be like Dabo. I'll keep this really nice because I don't want to upset too many people, but I've never seen a coach disrespect a team like he did before they played Ohio State, and Ohio State dropped 49 on them, seven touchdowns, and uh, broke the record for yards against their defense. So, you know, I think a humility is something that a lot of us can learn, and hopefully Dabo can take some away from that. So go Buckeyes this weekend, and I'll end it with this. I don't know if you guys saw, but J.J. Watt, he actually lost the Bengals, which I'm a Bengals fan, but that's not the point. When they lost the Bengals, he gave one of the most inspirational speeches I've ever seen, just talking about how you have to appreciate what you're doing, don't take things for granted, to continually show up and work hard. And if you haven't seen it, go listen to it. It's, it was amazing what J.J. Watt said after that Bengals game two weeks ago. So I think maybe be a little more like um, J.J. and a little – little less full of yourself like Dabo and I think all of us can be a be a lot better in 2021 so Jeff thank you as always for being here thanks for everyone who's listening keep uh you keep showing up we'll keep doing it give us a positive review give us a, a click a like a follow um wherever you listen to this podcast and watch this podcast uh, it means a lot to us the more we get like that the more people can listen to our podcast so with that everybody um you know hey 2021 is here Let's cross our fingers, cross our toes. It's going to be better in 2020. We really, we really truly believe it will. The economy is turning, going to turn around. Stocks will likely continue to do pretty well. We've got a lot of other positive things to look at, but um, we'll be here every single week in 2021 to discuss it. So thank you to Jeff, as always. Uh, thank you to Neil, who helps us every single week put this thing together. And we'll see everybody next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, 
Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.